0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Laurie, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of your childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Sophia Sundari. Sophia is an author, transformational facilitator, spiritual mentor, and CEO of her own seven-figure brand. She runs online programs and in-person immersions with a focus on empowered living, erotic embodiment, and spiritual refinement. Throughout her work, Wisdom Keys, drawn from ancient teachings that include Tantra, Taoism, Western esoteric science, and transpersonal psychology, they're made applicable to modern day leaders' lives. In this episode, we chat about embodied wealth and entering the realm of limitless prosperity, how to manifest your dream life, how to get in touch with your higher self, and the benefits of feminine embodiment for women. Sophia was such a great energy and it was really amazing to chat to her about how spirituality and the things that we can't quite explain impact how we actually achieve our goals. If you feel like there's some sort of barrier between you and your goals and you're not quite sure what it is, you'll definitely want to tune into this one. How are you going, Sophia? Really well. excited for our conversation. Me too. I'm super excited that A, you're tuning in from Portugal. Um, loving that. I've never been, as I mentioned. So it's cool that you're tuning in from somewhere different. And we haven't had too many people who like work on spiritual embodiment and the soul aspect side of things, um, which I personally am very, very passionate and excited about. So I'm super grateful to have you here. Mm, thank you so much. <laughs> no worries. I really feel like I always start the podcast with this. I feel like when somebody gets into this sort of work, especially spiritual work, it's because there's some sort of backstory that's led you here. So, can you tell me more about the context that I would need to know about your life, Sophia, to understand why you help people in the way you do today?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, since I was a child, I had this. This intuition now, I would call it. But back then I was just like thinking that I'm just a weird kid who just has lots of strange questions. (laughs) Because I was asking people like, who brought us here? Like, who are, are we really? What's the meaning of life? And people would tell me, I think you need to study philosophy or something like that. Or, you know, just talk to some adults. And I would talk to some adults and they would tell me, I we don't really know, like, it's a weird question." And I was like, okay, well, you know, no one really can help me. And then when I started uh, practicing yoga, and then when I also came across books of Carlos Castaneda, it kind of coincided, I started to feel like... Oh, there's something else you know they're talking about something else that, that seems to be you know kind of from this invisible realm which is not really this kind of mundane reality that we are used to but it's like there's some some different kind of topics and I was really fascinated by those topics you know like Carlos Castaneda like how oh, he's writing like they would put a blindfold on, on their eyes and just run in the forest without touching the trees and just really trust the, the inner vision to guide them through life and just all this magic and miracles and I remember asking my friend who gave me his books and i was like is this real? are these real stories and he would be like what do you think i'm like i really think they're real mm. and and he would be like well so they are and then um this very friend who was a really really dear pillar in my life he was also my first boss i was studying law uh studying and then working as a lawyer and he suddenly passed away and he passed away from drug overdose And at that time, all I was doing, I was kind of working this boring office job and partying and kind of like just going unconscious sometimes, kind of, you know, like drinking with my friends and not really living actually. And just not really feeling like I fit in anywhere, kind of going to the parties because I thought that's what you do as a cool kid. and. And I just was seeing that, that there was no real meaning in my life. And when he died, it really shook me up, like from deep within, it shook me up. And I started to question, like I started to ask myself those questions, like, what if I die tomorrow? Like, will I be okay with, with my life as it is? And, and the answer was no. And then I kept deepening through that and I kept like looking for something. I started searching. Like I was going to India and I was really going more into this yoga because I was asking them like, why do I feel so special after yoga? They're like, because you stretch, you know, it's nice. It's like endorphins and da, da, da. And I'm like, no, there must be something else. There's something mm. else happening there. And so I really had this quest, like I need to search for this something else. What is it? Like, I want to know, I want to feel, I want to experience it. And then uh, fast forward, I ended up in a school uh, in Thailand where I ended up living after that. But there I ended up in a school, in a yoga school, and they had a meditation retreat, a silent meditation retreat, Mm -hmm. which first I was like, it's weird. You know, for 10 days, people just go and stay silent and they don't talk to anyone and they just (laughs) say it's kind of a weird thing to do. And I did this retreat because someone told me something that really fascinated me. He said, I was like, why are you doing this? This is weird. And he was like, you know, um, the teacher says something really interesting. He says, you know, there's a silence in the end of every, you inhale and in the end of every, you exhale. Like mm-hmm. you take a breath and then there's like a pause and you can also extend this pause if you want. I'm like, okay. And he says, he says, the teacher said that this silence is God. And I was like, <laughs> This is very interesting. So then it was enough for me to hear that. And I went and I did the retreat. And indeed, during that retreat, although it was a torture for me personally, because just to sit still for all those hours without much training before, it was a complete torture. I couldn't keep my eyes closed for more than 10 minutes. (laughs) But then in that retreat, I had this moment of bliss Mm -hmm. where my personal self disappeared and I became infinity. And I don't know how long it lasted. It may have been 10 seconds. It may have been half an hour. may have been hours. But I was in this state where I was in awe and in joy and in bliss. And and I could see my life, all my problems, all my issues, they just stopped existing. Everything vanished. Mm-hmm. And all it was was just this truth of existence. And And that's it. That was a one-way road, you know, because when you see it, you cannot unsee it. And True. Yeah, it's it, this happened about 13 years ago.
0: <laughs> wow. What a journey. So you've, you know, really it's that love of yoga, like moving into that corporate life of becoming a lawyer and then having some grief of someone that you really admired, you know, pass away from their own doing, you personally partying. And then moving into a traveling these like really sacred places, like India just has so much culture. Same with Thailand that you can just learn so much from. And then you're having this personal experience 13 years ago. I would love to know like how, how you've packaged all of this up. So how do you help people today?
1: Well, that's what I believe my whole work is dedicated since then. Yeah, uh, because it has taken many different forms. But what I see as in my work that it connects all dots. It's mm. like we get to see, just like you know, the teacher said that in in the end of something so mundane as our breath at the top of the inhalation, the bottom of the exhalation, there is God. That's mm. what I I show my clients, and that's what they get to see, that actually everything is sacred. Every aspect of their life and their relationships and their sexuality and their relationship with their children and their desires and their financial situation, their wealth, all of that is actually an emanation from that same source. All of that is an emanation of divinity and all of that is inherently sacred.
0: Mm. That makes total sense. What is divinity and like, why should we be striving towards that sense of God?
1: Yeah, divinity is um, is love, is truth, mm. is ultimate state of freedom, and it's the ultimate truth of existence. That's this the very essence of who we are. Every single being, every single thing is that. And then we are taking all those different shapes and forms, but it's all divinity expressed in all those different ways. And so it's so close to us that it's so easy to overlook because it's just this intimate sense of I, like whenever we say I, what is this I? And this I is not like I am born in Russia. I am 36 years old. I am this and that. I am a partner of this person. I have this kind of job. I make this kind of amount of money. But this I is so intimate because this I never changed. Because now you might be your age, but you were also a child and there was also that same I. And even before you were born, there was also a sense of I and actually it has never changed and it's it's permanent. So there's something that does not change. Everything changes. We can color our hair, we can change our lifestyles, partners, and everything. But there's this I that never changes. And this I, it's point it's point, it points towards that unchanging eternal self.
0: Mm, I'm totally with you there. And and sometimes it's hard to get a sense of that sense of I. Um, because we do kind of place a lot of value on our shell, and our shell is our jobs, our relationships, the way we look and um something that you said earlier really kind of like stood out to me with regards to your mentor passing away and you spoke about your lifestyle and that you know you were working all week and then partying, and that to you it felt unconscious and I feel like that's a way that like a lot of people live. So in your opinion, why do we go unconscious?
1: Because of pain of disconnection from the divinity, all the depression, all the anxiety, all of this has the root of disconnection from our true self. And then, you know, people have anxiety or depression, or they just feel a bit dull in life. They go to the to the doctor yeah? because we think doctors have authority. And so we go to someone who, has, who knows what's going on with us. And then what they do, they prescribe Xanax or some kind of like, pills like that and what these pills do they seem to help but all they do is like they place a band on the wound that is so so deep and then it actually disconnects it makes us numb and less and less connected to the pain because the pain in itself is not a problem because this pain takes us into this ache and this ache of longing for truth longing mm-hmm. to come back to our true self to our eternal nature. So that's really the root cause of all disease, of all disconnect, of all forgetfulness. Like I I like to see that and say this, that the forgetfulness is actually the true disease of our times, that we forget who we truly are. And then we get brainwashed by the mind's ideas, either our own mind or the mind of society. And we get carried into all those things and start doing things like running like in a hamster wheel without actual connection to what really matters.
0: Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal-Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HF podcast. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HF podcast at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. We're burning ourselves out as well because we're running away from Who we truly are, but it feels like that's easy. And it feels like when you are asking, like you said, you felt like a weird kid. And I, and you also mentioned like you felt like you didn't fit in with that party lifestyle. And I feel the same way in, in many regards. Um, I actually love festivals, love music, love partying, but you know, in many regards of just asking those deeper questions, being curious about crystals and the chakra system and yoga and meditation and being curious about like, manifestation as well for me as well like I'm a big believer in it I practice it and all of that sort of stuff but like you can be the butt of a lot of jokes you know when you when you believe in these esoteric things that you can't necessarily quantify you know we are starting to quantify metaphysical physics a little bit more but it is difficult to quantify and I think it's easy to kind of like villainize these sorts of things as like oh my goodness this is just like airy fairy and and stuff like that so I guess like for you, how do you help people go from not fitting in, questioning the deeper purpose in life to using energetics to their advantage and helping people actually like see energetics as something really important in their life?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a beautiful question. And you know, what's really interesting is that when you become really uncompromising on your path where you're like, this is, what, this is what, where I find meaning to life. This is what, what matters to me. At first, those steps, that, look, it will feel like our knees are shaking. It will feel like, well, I'm exploring this area, but then when I try to talk about it, I sound like a complete weirdo and people think that I, I became a part of a sect or I went crazy or I completely lost my mind or, you know, like they don't identify with it because we cannot yet explain because we are being cooked in that moment. I remember when I first had my like first moments of this awakening, I went home and I started talking about some of the spiritual concepts that I was learning and that were fascinating me. And people were like, okay, sounds interesting. Um, Yeah. And then behind my back, they would say I was crazy and like part of some weird society. But then what started happening is that I just, just, with every step, like, okay, your knees are shaking in the beginning. It's okay. But then with every step, I was getting more and more established. And I was had, having more and more direct experiences, not just mental concepts. And I would get so solid in, in my knowing, step by step, deeper and deeper. So then all those people who were mocking me, they came to study with me. You know, even now there are some people that they're paying to be my clients, to learn from me those things that I've completely devoted my life to and have been in absolute fascination of. So that's what, what is really important to just stay honest with yourself, like build this calling inside of you and not compromise. And also what lots of people don't like to do is they feel like, okay, if I go that way, I will look like a complete weirdo and people will say that I have changed and they won't identify with me. They won't relate with me anymore. And I will feel like I'm leaving them behind. Mm. And that's what scares a lot of people. And that's why they don't actually follow the true path of their calling because they are scared to leave people behind. But I have to say that if you are not changing people in your life, there must be something wrong about your path that you must be playing really, really small like, you must be really compromising on your truth because people in our lives are meant to be changing. We're meant to be outgrowing people, and we need to be like staying so true to ourselves that we are the main character of our movie. Now, no one else matters as much as you because you are the only person who was there at your birth. You'll be the only person who is there at your death. So, like, you are the most important human here, and um, this life is not worth compromising for. Any ideas or beliefs we pick up from society?
0: Mm. What you just said there makes total sense in terms of like, if you have a calling, you have this inner knowing, you have this niggle, it's knowing that your knees are going to be shaky. And taking those first steps because executing on that inspired action, that inspired action or whatever it is, that's what's going to get you results. That's what's going to get you the recognition from others. But at that point, you won't need that recognition because it's your inner knowing. You don't really need that. Um, but then that's also what's going to build the momentum in terms of like, especially if it's something kind of weird or off the beaten path. And I feel like this can be said about any decision you make in life, whether it's, a relationship or whether it's you know it could be within within society it could just be switching to another 9 to 5 that yeah. doesn't make sense to other people but you're sure that that's what you want to do it doesn't have to be like hey i'm going to quit being a lawyer and then become a spiritual embodiment teacher and teach tantric energetics it can be something more simple like i am going to start working out even though my boyfriend has something to say about it because if he really supports me i can Mm-hmm. Upgrade my relationships. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Can you um tell you what's funny? I resonate with you in some ways. I actually did a 10-day Vipassana as well when I was in Derudun. Um, and I remember coming home and sharing with people like I saw visions. So like the really cool thing about doing the Vipassana is that I can um I feel like tap in a lot easier to, to the higher source and stuff. But I remember like telling people the visions I saw and it's really hard to explain it to somebody else. It's like, no, it was like it was like right there on a movie screen and you really do sound crazy, but you, you experience it and you're like, wow, it was crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. It's like people cannot relate if they didn't have the experience and then it's very hard to explain. Mm-hmm. And then there are those who are a bit more open and they also maybe have had some kind of strange experience, but they never dare to talk to anyone. You will be like breath of fresh air for them. They'll be like, oh my gosh, tell me everything, you know. I have yes. the intention of that. They say more.
0: Please don't stop. A hundred percent. It can really connect you with others too. Something mm-hmm. I'm really curious, so like a bit of a tagline with holistic fitness is to get your your goals without burning out. And I know you do work with like feminine embodiment and um, work on femininity. I strongly believe that we like do too much rather than just like be enough. And I really see like the masculine as doing and the feminine as being. Please, like if you disagree with that, let me know. But um, I'm curious about like the sort of work you do in the feminine realm and how you help people um, embody that side of themselves. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, it's really interesting that now, like we are kind of on the back end of the feminist movement that said like, I mean, it's still quite dominant although because we kind of identify with like feminine is like submissive and she doesn't have a say and she doesn't have equal pay and she doesn't really matter. Yeah. All she can do is birth babies and that's it. Then there came the feminists who were are, like, fuck no like we, <laughs> we are capable we can do everything we don't need men and we are good and then what's, what started happening with it, which is it's amazing what it gave us but at the same time it liberated us into the masculine not into the feminine mm. yeah. so it made us harden on the outside whereas we remain soft on the inside and then what i see happening now is like we're kind of looking for balance. We're like, okay, I don't want to be hard. It's exhausting. I also don't want to be submissive. Okay. And then it's like, okay, where's the balance? What's the truth? And what I see is actually even more important is to let go of the illusion of the balance because let's face it, we're not going to be, we're not here to be balanced, but we can still put place our trajectory very clearly. And then women And those who are incarnated in the feminine bodies who really love to be a woman because it's a pleasure to be a woman. That's how it should feel like to be a woman. It's like, we must find pleasure in that because it is really meant to be pleasurable. Our bodies are filled with pleasure regardless of how they look. We can experience pleasure every given moment and the feminine capacity for pleasure is unlimited. It's incredible how far we can go into through deep feminine practices, through tantric feminine practices. And so what I invite uh, my clients into is to find this place of the big she, this big goddess space of like this complete adoration of the feminine, which is ultimately feminine nature is love. Yeah, it's not only being and doing kind of because that's one of the way to look at masculine and feminine. Mm. There's also another way which I see like a hori- vertical. On the horizontal level, it's like a yeah, personal level, it's like yeah, the feminine is, is receptive, she is flowing, she is changing, she is uh, sensitive, and the masculine is goal oriented, achieving, focused, penetrative, mm. yeah, dominant. But then there is another plane, the vertical plane we can say where the feminine is all of life when the feminine is actually is love when the feminine is this magnificence of aliveness this is feminine so all of the actions all of the creativity all of the creation is the feminine so let's say if we were in a room right now we would be the feminine we are moving we are talking even if there were men with us it would be we are all the people we are the feminine the expression of the feminine and all the objects and everything inside the room is the feminine but The room itself is the masculine. It's that space that gives permission for everything to happen. So it's that sky of existence that that is here all the time. And so then what I invite my clients to do is to focus on that love, focus on being that love, on embodying that love, on on loving that love. And then, because this is a priority, we want to feel soft. We want to feel happy. We want to feel ecstatic. We want to feel blissful. Then, not to create balance, but to actually uphold that love, we want to create masculine structures of boundaries, of systems, of standards, of requirements, Like Then all of that upholds this magnificence of the heart because the feminine ultimately is the heart and it's the the heart of love which we want to restore. We want to restore the grace of it on this planet because this is what connects us. This is what builds relationships. This is what what gives us life. And then all we do in our work and our businesses and our relationships is that we are creating very clean energetic containers for this love to blossom.
0: Mm, I love that. So the masculine's like like the container, and then the feminines like the space to be and flow within that container. And it's not necessarily that you know by being feminine that you can't build, that you can't create structure, that you can't do all of these amazing things. But it's finding the joy and the pleasure and love in what you're doing rather than feeling like you're like constantly having to work at it and do this and do that. It's, it's finding that sense of love in everything you do.
1: It, yeah. In a way. Yeah. Because you, not because you are like, okay, let me remember love right now. Like, okay, I'm like here with my spreadsheet. Or something. Where's the love here. It's like, I hate this. There's no love here, but it's not like this. It's more like, no, the reason why I'm doing this is because I am sharing my soul's work. Like, mm-hmm. I love this work. I want this work to penetrate the whole entire globe because it's magnificent, it connects us, it opens us. And so now there are certain structures, like, okay, I didn't hire the team yet, or maybe I should, yeah, to do those things that I hate doing. Yeah, but even if I'm doing it, I do it as a devotional offering to that magnificent sense of love. Yeah. And so then it's like, there's no like sense of, because women are like, how do I weave in feminine practices into my day? And I'm like, well, you can, and it can help for sure. But what's even more important is that you keep her as your North node, that it just never, she never goes away. This big feminine space never goes away. All your life is in devotion to her.
0: Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals. And sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goalgetter getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full-spectrum hemp and their benefits, Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full-spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code LORILEE. L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. How do you help people? Find their north node though, because I feel like a lot of people have like a quarter-life crisis, existential crisis, whatever you want to call it, because they're feeling like they don't fit in, but they don't have that nudge or they haven't had the space to hear that nudge yet. So how do you help people like actually find that thing that they want to devote to without feeling like they're burning out in the first place? Mm.
1: Um, well, yeah, that's a, that's a big one for a lot of people like, and then they start to go into their mind to try Mm. to find the, like, okay, what's big thing? Like, okay, what's my sense? (laughs) Right. It's like, and this is not where you're going to find your purpose. It's not in your mind because your purpose is you. Yeah. It's like, it's really this, like, how do I be more of me? How do I truly be the fullness of me? And that is not found through the mind that is found through deep listening. This is found like in in retreats. This is found in nature. This is found when you really give yourself space to be held, where you are like you are in a container where people are thinking about those same things. Where you are really giving yourself permission to be with you in intimacy with you, and then you start to feel like because what happens, and that's what I see in a lot of my clients, where for the longest time ever you've been complying to what is expected from you. Just yeah. like for me, yeah, like I went to study law because that's what you do, you not know? to be successful, you go study law. But many women do the same thing as like, okay, so now I go study. Now I get married. Now I make children. Now I become a good mother. Now, and then it's like, but who are you? And they're yeah. like, I, there's oh, me, I'm a mother. No, no, no. Who are you? And they're like, oh, uh, does it matter? Yes. Can, am I allowed? Yes. And then they're like, oh i don't feel anything i'm like okay what do you want i i what Mm -hmm. i want it's like yeah yeah what do you want and then i'm like okay stop everything sit in the woods and just just come up with like first impulse that you want to do something do it and usually quite often they want to paint they're like i don't know why i just want to paint like, okay, do paint. Like, I've never painted in my life what I'm going to be a painter. Like, no, it's not about this. It's not about you choosing your vocation now turning into painter. Just start painting. What color do you like? Blue. Okay, take blue. Start painting blue. They start painting blue. And then they're like, oh. I painted the thing. And then I got this idea I really wanted to go get some flowers, some blue flowers. And then I went to the field and I I saw this picture. There's also those blue flowers. And then I wanted to go there. And like this, it unfolds. Mm. And then they start listening and they start following those completely unreasonable uh, impulses. And this is how the soul is speaking. And this is how this voice starts to get louder and louder and louder. And this is how you lean into what I call a river of Dharma, a river of your highest calling in this life. And then you start to see how actually it unfolds and it gets clear and clear and you're not even trying to fit it into a box. Okay. This is what I do. I'm just running holistic fitness podcast. This is forever. This is who I am. No, it's like, it's part of it. Yeah. you see you, This is how you express. And then there's something else. And then there's something else. And then it's ever changing. And then in five years, you're like, Oh my gosh, I've come so far. And <laughs> I, I love
0: the way you explain that though, with regards to following, I guess I would call it your intuition. Um, in, in terms of it's it's helping people learn to follow the journey a little bit more rather than placing so much of that cerebral energy on like the purpose of that first thing that you're doing. Because it's it's so funny how you explain like being in nature. It reminded me of a five-day hike I did once and like the biggest nudge was like learn spanish and and it's like it doesn't mean that you're going to be a spanish teacher or go live in, in south america it's like it, i i just like wanted to learn spanish and it's like where that leads you you don't know and and that's cool about like the painting the picture and stuff like that it doesn't mean you're going to become an artist but it just means you're like learning to follow those nudges and and it will lead you somewhere but where you might not know you know what though I feel like people listening to this podcast they will be really interested in your manifestation work um because I know you help people how to manifest their dream life I won't lie the reason why most people start like listening to the podcast or like have worked with me because I've got a big fitness training background it is like manifesting their dream body like it starts off with like hey I want to like lose x amount of weight and then you know, through holistic fitness, we realize, hey, the weights are actually not important. It's important to focus on the inner work as to why I don't feel good enough at a certain weight. (laughs) So I'm curious about like your manifestation principles and how you help people live more of that embodied life.
1: Yeah. Well, for me, the main thing about manifestation is not it's becoming someone we are not, but it's actually remembering who we are at our core and in our core, like what we started our conversation with, is like we are divinity, we are totality, we are infinite. This is who we truly, truly are in the very essence of it. And then how we can manifest it in any way. We can be anything. So then if you can be anything, you may as well have what you desire. And actually actually those desires, I profoundly believe that these desires are put into our hearts by that infinity, by that infinite intelligence, by the divinity, by God, because we actually are capable of manifesting them, of actually making them happen. And these desires are not there by accident. It's not just like a, a play. It's actually placed here because you are already having it on a certain level in your being. And so leaning into what we truly want is just such a beautiful way to live life because you get to experience more and more of your fullness, more and more of your potential, more and more of this supreme path, this dharma, this river that actually carries you home. So the more you step into your edge and you stretch into greater and greater surrender into these desires, into these visions, and you really go like... Oh my gosh, do I really want that? Oh my gosh, I want all of this. I want to become a multimillionaire. I want to become a billionaire. I I want to have all those homes and I want to do all of that with my money. And I want to have a body like this. I want to have a relationship. like... Oh my gosh. So, and then there's, you know, straight away, there's all those beliefs that are coming. No, it's not for me. It's not possible for me. No but then I will leave all the people behind. No, but then I need to completely change my circles, but then I need to change my country. And then like all the stuff that comes in the way. And that's, you know, that's what's something that we have to address and, and wash through. And usually it comes either from our ancestral patterns or it's just deeply stored in our subconscious mind. So we get to address those things. At the same time, also what, what is unique in my work is that I work a lot with erotic embodiment, which means that we are actually expanding our Energetic body through pleasure, through activation of our eroticism. And that also invigorates our system so that we have more permission for those big visions, for those desires, for the wealth, for anything that we desire. And actually, literally, we have more space for it in our body through this work. And then we're also expanding the energetic channels and uh, changing the brain. Um, so, all of those approaches work.
0: Wow. We're coming to a close now, but I do want to quickly dive into that erotic pleasure that you just mentioned. How do you use that to expand? And like, when do you know when that sort of pleasure is actually like diminishing you rather than expanding? I guess like my question's more so like, how do you know when it's helpful and harmful?
1: Well, I find that it's never harmful because I'm not talking about like quick orgasm, something like this, you know, where we just go after sex or after self-pleasure just to have a quick release. This is not kind of, this is not the invitation uh, because the invitation through tantric work and tantric sexuality work and erotic embodiment is to find infinity through our body. I wrote a book called Liberation into Orgasm and subtitle is "True Pleasure Beyond Pleasure. So it's like you go into the pleasure, but then you actually discover that the ultimate orgasm is your complete um, state of merging with infinity. Mm. Like what we keep weaving, yeah, talking about through, throughout this whole conversation, that actually ultimately the biggest bliss, the biggest orgasm is you being one with your true self. Mm -hmm. And this bliss that I also described in the very beginning. Yeah, this is our birthright, this is our natural state, actually. And so the more we tap into it and we do certain practices that help us tap into it where we unlock sexual stagnation and we start to activate our whole body as an an instrument of eros, of eroticism, where you start to feel how all of life is moving through you and you get to connect with all of life just through your body, through your uh, openness to pleasure, to experience your fullness. So that's how we use it.
0: I love that. So it's not necessarily chasing the O or chasing the orgasm, but it's usually using specific pla- pleasure um, practices to be comfortable with pleasure in and in itself, whether it results in a specific orgasm or whether it's, it's more the pleasure and learning how to weave use that as a tool to weave that throughout all of life.
1: Yeah. And the interesting thing is that or definition of orgasm also changes because then you get to see that orgasm is not only this like release that we associate with orgasm, but actually orgasm gets to be this full-bodied experience of ecstasy that just rolls and rolls and rolls and which doesn't even end when you end your um, practice or your sexual act or or in whichever way you're cultivating. Actually, you can have an orgasmic life and that's a completely different life.
0: I love that. Have an orgasmic life. That's awesome. I've loved having you on the podcast. I've learned loads and I love how your journey has come to where it has now and how you help people. Is there anything that, you, that we haven't spoken about on the podcast that you really wanted to share with everyone?
1: Well, it's been
0: really rich and I love uh, all, all the topics. So I think it's a lot actually to take in and digest. So I think that's perfect. Amazing. We do actually have a final question on this podcast, Sophia. And that question is, you are sitting across the table from your 20-year-old self right now. What question would you ask her? Oh, sorry, old. not question which did? <laughs> what <laughs> advice would you give her? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would I give her? Yeah. Um, uh,
1: yeah, actually, I have quite some advice for her. I would say take off those high heels. <laughs> Stop trying to fit into society and environments where you just don't feel good follow what feels good, connect to the earth, take off those shoes, connect to the earth, listen to the the birds, look at the trees, like open yourself, open your body, open your eyes to life and start to follow this quiet, quiet voice of intuition that actually takes you places where you truly, truly want to go. Just follow that voice, follow your joy and life will support you in all the ways.
0: I love that. I felt that viscerally for some reason. I felt that viscerally of whether it was you or a woman in general taking off those... It was stilettos that I saw. Um, taking off those shoes and then getting in the woods and walking through and there's nothing wrong with the high heels. High heels are great if you want to wear them, but you need to know when to take them off as well and and to follow that path and follow that intuition. And um, yeah, I've just loved having you on the podcast because you bring this other lens that I feel like a lot of people do need to hear.
1: Mm. Yeah. And you know about the high heels, like there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of our choices, but where they are coming from. Yeah. And for me back Mm -hmm. then, I know I was wearing those shoes and very uncomfortable clothes and going to places, not because I actually chose to do it, but because I I thought that's what you do as a woman. That's what is, you know, that's what you do. If you want to be popular, if you want to be successful, if you want to be likable, likable, that's what you do. And that's not true. We get to be ourselves and really free in all our choices.
0: I love that. I'm sure so many people are really curious about your work and want to learn more from you, Sophia. Where can we find you?
1: Find me on Instagram. I'm very active there. I also have a podcast. Um, My website has all my offers. We put a lot of love, a lot of work into my website. So you'll find me there and um, it would be a joy to connect.
0: Yay. Awesome. And all of those details will be in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today, Sophia. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. And for everyone listening at home, whether you are listening on the drive or you're cleaning your house, thank you so much for tuning in today. Eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining.